0: Sex Talk with Erica Miley Cause sexuality is tough And okay, sex just isn't good enough No, Sex Talk with Erica Miley Hey folks, welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley Erica Miley here Just you and me today So we're gonna do a whole update to my ADHD and sex podcast episode <laughs> trying to get my thoughts together as i am also recording at the same time so it for those of you who are new to the show which i i know i've you know i've been looking at the numbers there's lots of new folks so hello i'm so glad that you're here to join us And uh, I thought maybe I should tell you a little bit about who I am and what I'm doing and why I'm doing an ADHD and sex update episode. (laughs) So I'm in the midst of my PhD research and working on the IRB process. Don't worry, I'm going to get into that we're not going to go too deep in the weeds here t- today because there's a lot of this stuff when it comes to doing doing dissertation research that's boring <laughs> it's only not boring to uh, nerds like me <laughs> so just i want to kind of give you a brief overview of what i'm up to right this moment and where i am in the process cuz many of you who have been listening to the show know that i've been working on this so Um, I am a mental and sexual health therapist, so I am a licensed mental health therapist, and I'm currently in the dissertation part of my PhD. Essentially, that means I'm doing a lot of writing. I'm about to submit something to what's called an IRB, and I'm going to get into what that is here in a second, to be able to do research on my topic. My topic is about ADHD and sexual functioning of those with vulvas. So women, she, her, theys, any of those folks who have a vulva and also have ADHD. Big surprise. There's not a lot of research out there. There just isn't. And as far as I know, and unless somebody listening has a dissertation that's already come out before mine, there isn't anything specifically about vulva owners and their sexual functioning with their ADHD diagnosis so back to the IRB I I think that it's important to understand what this this process is at at least at and in the shortest version I can give you so the IRB is an institutional review board and this is specifically for fields who do any kind of research, either hands on surveys or uh, medical research, anything that involves a human, that you have to go through this process. So, essentially, what this process does is that it allows us to submit our work to a board that is an, a group of people that is essentially like an oversight board to show, hey, Uh, is there going to be harm to the participants of this research study that are human? And if there is or isn't harm, what is that harm? If no harm, okay. If harm, how do you mitigate any of that harm or help any of the people who may have, in my case, psychological distress after filling out surveys? How do you follow up with those folks? So that's a long way of saying that essentially this is like a check and a balance to those of us who work with humans because uh, let's be completely honest Uh, the fields of science who work on humans we in the past have done some real damage so we absolutely needed a way to protect people from the damage that has happened in previous studies and I'm not going to go into a bunch of that here today because y'all can Google. <laughs> y'all can Google the Stanford prison experiment. You can Google uh, the Tuskegee experiments that were done that harmed so many black men. Those are the types of Of research that have been done that has included harm to participants that absolutely need to be screened and and humans deserve to be protected when we are trying to understand how we live and operate in the world and or medicines or what have you. Back to what my research is about. Again, my research is about how ADHD specifically impacts the sexual functioning or sex lives of those who have vulvas or vaginas. I'm not... I'm ready to ask any of you to participate yet. So just (laughs) keep that in your head. I I don't want 25 million emails saying, "Hey, can I get in on it?" Um, I'm not there yet, but beware—like a bonus episode—more than likely will come out, and that's at that point I will have more specifics about how to participate. So keep your eyes open. All that again. All that being said, (laughs) the based on the research that I've been reading. Some of it it has to do with sex. Some of it has more to do with ADHD in the process of it for different kinds of humans, uh, and also through the clinical work I do, the therapy that I do because I'm a mental health therapist. I, I have some reflections. I have some reflections uh, about the complaints that I commonly get from the people I work with. So I, I made a, a list of the complaints that I hear from my fellow ADHDers. And I say my fellow ADHDers because I, do, I too have uh, been diagnosed with ADHD late in life, but it runs in my family and my mom was diagnosed early in her life. Um, And maybe at some point, I'll, I'll get to share her journey on the show as well. But I am a super high functioning, nerding, nerdy woman. And I figured out that what I was experiencing in my brain really, really wasn't anxiety. And with the help of therapy and medication from my doctor, I've been able to really start to understand how my brain works. It's not only just been through the process of this research. I, I, I feel many of you, if you are any of you are listening who have or think you might have ADHD, um, I feel you very deeply and personally myself. So back to regular th- regular complaints from my many of my clients who have ADHD. These are just in no order of frequency, but these are just the things I hear uh, regularly. I hear, I struggle to orgasm. I struggle to want to have sex. I want more sex. I get bored during sex. It seems like my body is responding to the experience and then it just stops. I feel too overwhelmed to have sex. And mind you, I haven't put my surveys or or anything out there yet for people to fill out. These are just common complaints that I hear again and again from different people who have ADHD in regards to their sexual functioning. I decided that maybe one of the best ways that I can help at this point is to give you some suggestions to try. Now, some of these things are based on some trial and error between me and my clients, like we essentially me and my clients make some plans we essentially play play researcher together so that they can try to figure out what works best for them and the the symptoms of their ADHD that really really impact them individually and i want to say i say that because i think it's really important for you to understand especially if you do have ADHD or you think you might have ADHD that Mental health treatment needs to be very individualized. Your experience of symptoms, yes, while we all experience some similarities of ADHD, those of us who have vulvas or vaginas, our symptoms often get missed or they're blamed on other things. And if it doesn't look how a specifically little boy in like elementary school would experience ADHD, then we couldn't possibly have ADHD in quotation marks. It's what many, many, many of the women that I have worked with across the board have reported. They're like, no, I was told that when I was young, there's no way because I didn't mess up in school. That's largely a myth, especially those who have vulvas. So some of the suggestions that I'm about to give you Uh, are, uh, again, based on some trial and error clinically with some of my clients, things that they have found to be successful for themselves. Number one, I really want you to start with your senses. So many people who have ADHD have sensory issues that either they have learned to tune out or tune out just enough, but don't really take into account how it's impacting their sexual behavior, maybe with their partners or even by themselves. So... I really want you to give give a shot to understanding the unique way in which your senses can get your attention. Intensity has to be considered very specifically for people with ADHD, I, I fondly call us ADHDers, <laughs> to really be able to zero in on the senses. It really does appear that there does have to be a certain intensity level. I'll just give you a non-sexual example. Holding ice in the hands can really, really bring your attention and your focus to your hands and your experience of holding those ice cubes. Really, it could do that for most people, but specifically that cold, the temperature change can really help someone with ADHD bring their attention to specifically their hands. Otherwise, That might not be something very easy for a person with ADHD to be able to do. Again, when it comes to your senses, start to play investigator or detective and pay attention to what kind of intensity you could bring to any of your sensory experience that really pulls your attention and your focus quickly. Number two learned, I really, really want you all, and this is generally across the board to the entire population of the world, (laughs) but I really want you all to learn to be able to tell your partner how you like to be touched. And I, I think a good place to start is starting with the skin. The reason why I give you a direction for a place to start is that often many of my ADHDers on my caseload talk a lot about the overwhelm when there is a lot of choices in front of them. So I want to give you a choice to start with. So start with how does it feel to have your skin be touched, and I want you to learn to describe it to your partner. For instance, I really like it when you touch the skin on my upper thigh here, but lightly, gently, rolling your fingers across my skin. That instruction can really really help your partner understand how you were experiencing that and why it feels so good to you also by the way when we give our partners instructions it really does let them off the hook a little it helps take their stress levels down so that they don't have to be guessing and checking so much so again I really, really want you to learn how to tell your partner how you like to be touched and start with your skin. And if you have any reflections and you'd like to tell me about it, feel free to to either jump on any of the socials or shoot me an email at erica at ericamiley.com. I would love to hear your reflections and see what works for you. Number three, find the days that you are the most functional during the month or week. Now, this is this is a harder thing to do this requires a little bit of again detective work on your part to determine when you seem to be the most functional and by that i mean that you have the most executive function so i'm going to take a second to describe this okay adhd is an executive functioning disorder it is not a a disorder of having too much energy or just being distracted all the time Those of us who have ADHD, again, yes, I have it. I have it as well. It is like having a gas tank that gets siphoned quickly by different kinds of tasks. My favorite analogy is like we're Ferraris with tricycle brakes. (laughs) So Ferraris require pretty premium fuel and they run through it real fast and the brake—if Ferrari had tricycle brakes, it would run into the wall real fast. Without you'd have to stop like way sooner <laughs> than you think you'd have to. Ta- when tasks are uninteresting or require working memory, like short-term memory, it siphons our gas quicker. So if there is a day of the week, and so starting small is is a good way to think about this. If there's a day of the week that you tend to be more functional or have more gas, those days are the best days to try to plan for sex or any kind of sexual activity. So for instance, I'll just use myself as an example. During the week, I definitely have a gas tank. I have a daily gas tank and I have a weekly (laughs) gas tank. And because I am a person with a vulva, I have a 28-day gas tank. Now, I'm going to kind of describe those a little differently. So the weekly gas tank is based on, okay, have I been able to get enough sleep? Have I been able to get enough to eat every single day? Have I been able to do the things that I know really work for me to be able to have enough gas in my tank, to be able to see my clients, be present at home with my family, and also do any of the things I really like to do. So For me, and again, this is individualized, what I do won't necessarily work for every person that has ADHD, it works for me and mine. I, every single day, include exercise as part of my life. Exercise helps dump a ton of dopamine into my brain in the morning so that I can be more functional throughout the day. So for me, exercise is a huge part of my gas tank. So I tend to be the most functional Monday and Tuesday and into Wednesday morning. I start to lose my gas the end of Wednesday and the beginning of Thursday morning. I've really paid attention to this and and even wrote uh, in my planners about this, like just a little bit, a little note in my planner that sits next to me on my desk, because if I put it anywhere else, it'll disappear from my memory. (laughs) It sits next to me on my desk and I make little notes every single day about my energy that day. So after some paying attention, I could see that, oh, okay, yeah, my energy really does have my I have a daily gas tank, I have a weekly gas tank, and I also have a cycle gas tank. And I do want to talk a little bit about that with vulvas because I think it's important to consider where the research is coming on this. So it's, this is purely anecdotal from my, many of my clients who come to me, especially vulva owners who have, uh, who menstruate, their cycle really matters when it comes to their ADHD symptoms. So that's why I say, Understanding when you are the most functional really matters. And it's for for varying degrees. I don't have really severe um, PMS. I do get a little irritable. I get sore and I definitely have cravings. Now, all of those things are data for me to understand. They're not things for me to try to eliminate. It's my body telling me, hey, you need more of something. For me, especially during that period of time, I need to make sure that I'm eating more because during our cycle, during that period of time when we're ovulating and then into menstruation, see, brain is moving faster than my mouth, (laughs) into menstruation, our body requires more resources to get through that. I mean, your body is actually building cells to be able to create a life. We're not talking about... (laughs) We're not talking about whether when life begins or any of that shit. No, 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 no. I am literally just talking about how much resources it requires of our body and mind to go through that process. So, many of the the vulva owners I've worked with, they talk about how their emotional dysregulation really amps up during that period of time or they uh, they do require more more food and more care, more sleep. And so, in essentially what I'm asking all of you to do is to really look at your functionality in in a curious way. Rather than judging yourself for what is, I I would really like for you to step back and go, okay, this is just part of me. How do I support myself through these harder times of the day, week, and month? I I know that that's really difficult, especially for people who have been many people who have ADHD and anybody who has any kind of neurodiversity has had so many barriers and so many, many moments in their lives where you were questioned or made to feel like you were lazy or made to feel like you were less than because you have legitimate needs. And oftentimes those needs weren't met. So This is just me taking an opportunity to say, hey, it's okay to accept that this is a part of us and we can take a step back and support those things that are a part of us. We do not have to treat ourselves like the the people who are neurotypical in the world. We just don't. It's okay to learn to accept what is and take care of ourselves the best way that we need, not what people who don't have ADHD need. So... That was a really long way <laughs> of letting you all know what I am working on. Um, there is one last thing that I would like to encourage you to check out while you're trying to understand either, not only just the, the an ADHD diagnosis, but uh, when we're specifically talking about sex, check out your specific sensory issues. Many times, for especially people who have vulvas, they will push it aside and believe that it's not something that they need to care about or they've been made to feel like it's not that big of a deal. When in reality, the sensory issues for people who are who have ADHD and or are on or on the autism spectrum, like sensory issues are very legitimate and in your face can can absolutely completely take you out of the moment. So I I want you to think about Did you get taken out of the moment because of a texture? Because maybe the room was cluttered? Or is there a smell throwing you off? Try to understand which sensory experience is likely throwing you off. Give yourself an opportunity to manage it beforehand by eliminating it or talking with your partner about it. For example, I have definitely worked with folks who don't like specific lubricant types because they're too sticky. And or the texture of them, like the difference in texture between a silicone lubricant and a water-based lubricant to them is really, really off-putting. So they have to use a different kind of lubricant to be able to enjoy the, the benefits of lubrication without being taken out of the moment. Another example I want to give is that I have worked with people who legitimately cannot picture things in their brains. They cannot picture shapes in their brains. They they cannot imagine a, a shape in their brains or even fantasies in their brains. So again, taking into account your specific sensory issues or your specific issues that you have happening in your brain and giving yourself the opportunity to build scaffolding around those things, it's okay to need help with those things. You do not have to power through them. And more than likely, if if you have a supportive partner, of course, it's something that can be navigated rather than you feeling like you have to push it out of your mind or just keep going to get through it. Because I imagine you and anybody else that you're wanting to have any kind of sex with would rather you have a good time and experience pleasure rather than just trying to get through it. There will be more to come about ADHD and sex. As I finish up my research, I cannot, I really cannot wait to share all of the parts with you all. Um, I would also encourage you to keep your eyes open for the bonus episode for when I actually start to ask for people to, to look at the surveys. Um, and then I would also encourage you to, uh, me and uh, my team here at the Center for Mental and Sexual Health, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I do have a group practice and I have therapists that work with me who also are trained to be sex positive so that they can help you with your sexual issues in addition to your mental health issues. The door here is always open for mental health in addition to sex conversations. So we're going to be working on changing the Patreon for the show. I have rolled and rolled around in my head how I wanted to tackle a Patreon, um, how to provide resources that I thought might be helpful. So keep your eyes open. We're going to completely change the way that the Patreon operates. And we're going to essentially create a community there that's going to have a low cost option for self care resources. I don't want cost to be a barrier to self care resources. We in the Center for Mental and Sexual Health, we have we offer scholarship positions, which essentially are based on how much you make and we we charge a flat rate for those folks who need that this would be an additional way to be able to access self-care resources it wouldn't be a replacement for therapy by any means but it at minimum it would be a community as well as resources and videos from me and my team to be able to help support you the best way we can it's always been my mission since I started my career to to give people access to mental and sexual health care. And so I am busily trying to figure out options to be able to continue to serve you all in ways that really don't break the bank because I don't think that that's fair. And... <sighs> It's I mean, I know I don't need to tell all of you how frustrating a for profit healthcare system is. <laughs> so anyway. Thank you all for sticking around to the end with me. I'm so grateful for every one of you. I hope you have a good rest of your week. See you next time.